0: By sports Interaction, sports Sportsbook. Welcome to Game Over Montreal. As usual, I am Andrew Berkshire, and your Montreal Canadiens just put on one hell of an effort against a team that should be contending for a cup, or at least is trying to contend for a cup, uh, in the Pittsburgh Penguins. It was probably the best game that they've played all season. So far, I guess it's only four games, but still, all season. can count the preseason in that, too. And... Uh, engineer to come back win there's a lot to talk about we're going to talk about you know Caulfield and Suzuki and the pairing that continues to give results no matter how little help they get overall we're going to talk about Mike Hoffman because it's just too funny not to talk about Mike Hoffman and uh, we're going to talk about the three defensemen who continue to stand out every single game on this team but first of all you want to bet You can do it at Sports Interaction, Canada's sports book. Football continues. The World Series is around the corner, and they have dropped the puck on the hockey season. Bet pregame, live in play, or one of our many prop bets. I suggested a bet earlier in this game of uh, Nick Ritchie. Outscoring Austin Matthews in October, a prop bet. And it seemed like Dave Bassel at Sports Interaction kind of loved that. So we'll see if we can get some odds on that one coming up soon. Uh, made for Canadians by Canadians, Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com slash sdpn. Ontario only, 19+. Please play responsibly. And if anyone... You know or is in your family or loved ones have a gambling addiction there are resources available in the description of this video to help them out please make them available to them all right uh, i got to introduce our guests tonight jared book from hab's eyes on the prize and nicola cloutier from tv aspor how are you guys doing today
1: pretty good well we have to be doing well right
0: (laughs) you got to enjoy the rare wins because they're going to be relatively (laughs) rare
1: at least it's yeah. fun, right? Like, even if they would have
2: lost in overtime, it's that's fun. a good
0: point. And, and you know,
1: like pretty early last year, we know we knew this is this was heading towards a rebuild. But last year was no fun. Well, this is yeah. still a rebuild. There's no expectation at all, like to make the playoffs. But the process is different. The results are different, and the hope is different as well. And we know, guys, we talk a lot about the the offense we're gonna talk about Dak Hoti goal that the the, the, the Drouin pass and how Suzuki and Cole Caulfield are are doing well. But in in this kind of season I like to look at trends because the result don't matter as much. And the trend that is the the, the strongest trend I see uh with the Canadians right now is the defense and how it's built only, uh, how it's been holding up because what did we say about the defense at the beginning of the season? Oh it was a young defense it's gonna leak leak chances and it's not what's happening at all. Like the Babs have played fairly good offensive teams so far. And the defense have been has been holding up so well with young defensemen.
0: Yeah. And I, I want to talk about the defense a lot, but I, I want to save it for last. I, the first thing I want to talk about is Mike Hoffman. Cause yeah. I kind of want to get the negative out of the way so we can focus on the fun <laughs> sure. because yeah. I'm not sure how mike hoffman i know they want to sell him at some point right so you have to maintain some sort of value but i'm not sure how they can justify keeping this guy in the lineup and full disclosure i thought he had like some really decent plays in the first period but as the game went on it's just i've never seen anybody like this guy he is a gaff machine and the play that stood out to me most there's a terrible play on the power play in the third where he just like whiffed on it and cleared the zone which he does almost every power play but it was slavkovsky who was having a pretty strong game driving yeah. the middle and then hoffman reached out and poke checked him and took the puck away from Slav. it is like what defensive where,
2: superstar where'd Defense they get this guy mike hoffman
1: yeah and face-off specialists too apparently <laughs> yeah like they showed it on the broadcast, like a face off probabilities and, and they had him higher and Sidney Crosby at the dot. <laughs> Honestly, I burst out laughing when when I saw that. And Andrew, it's funny that you say, well, they're, 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 they're trying to sell him and how uh, do you keep him uh, in the lineup? Well, I'm going to say, how do you manage to sell him as well? Yeah.
0: And that, that looks like the territory they're going, they're going to have to end up going, right? Like, cause it's yeah. one thing to try to get value for a player or even clear cap space, but I, in this flat cap world, I don't know who's paying for a four point five million dollar Mike Hoffman.
1: Well, they gave a first round pick just to like uh, get rid of Monahan's contract. If that tells you something, yeah, they should use that pick for so Hoffman. They, why would any team take Mike Hoffman's
0: contract at this point?
2: They should take, they should take the pick from Monahan and give it traded it for Hoffman. <laughs>
0: No, you got to keep, keep as many first-round picks as you can. I feel like <laughs> yeah. it'd be easier to just buy him out, right? Have you seen he the conditions
2: on that first-round pick?
0: Who cares? Have you seen it's the it's conditions? <laughs> <draft>. <laughs> I mean, the fact that they got a first to take on Monaghan, yeah, I mean, it's... he's been great. And the conditions are actually smart. Yeah. yeah. Like, if oh, you want to like, yeah. look at him and,
1: like, get yeah. a real headache.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's actually, I, I think, like, Kent Hughes, like, outlawed Trey living on that one.
1: Yeah. And he just like, yeah. and, and
2: Trey living is like, I'm not going to read all that.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Probably what happened to be honest. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's, it's quite the crazy deal. And you know, somebody mentioned Petrie in the chat here uh, from Thomas. I feel bad for Jeff Petrie. Cause I think outside of the penalties, he had a pretty strong game, but the only penguin to take penalties and he takes three of them, including in overtime. Jeff, yep. how, <laughs> He
2: was always good against the Penguins in overtime, so that's true. I guess he hurt the moment last time, man.
0: Well, I was joking around that he was going to set up Caulfield on a, a turnover because he's so used to setting up <laughs> Caulfield in overtime, but yeah. uh, I guess it set up Doc <laughs> instead.
1: Yeah. yeah, I didn't mind Petrie's game, but to be honest, like it's not like I I miss Jeff Petrie personally. Like when I see like our defense is holding up.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's and, also like, a rebuilding the, team.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. I, I wasn't like, oh, yeah, like, this guy is missing on the team right now.
0: Yeah, I feel like they're definitely missing a number one. But, uh, yeah, I, I they need to be rebuilding anyway. So maybe that's the reasoning <laughs> yeah. for keeping Mike Hoffman, right? Is you need somebody to be the tank commander this season. And <laughs> he's pretty effective at it.
2: Very effective at it. <laughs> Maybe maybe he's like the the new Taylor Hall, where whatever team has Taylor Hall just wins the lottery. Maybe <laughs> the Canadians are hoping that Mike Hoffman becomes some kind of good luck charm.
1: Well, it's a dangerous game though because I gotta say he's kind of ruining like Slepkowski's development if they're on the same line. And I kind of feel for for the guy because he had a fairly good first period, but they don't put him with the good players. They don't put him with creative players, but and with. As few ice time as as he's getting, he still manages to get like a, a couple of good looks. So it'd be interesting to see him like get some looks on the power play, get just just get some more opportunities in general. Because if you're not gonna do uh, gonna do that, might as well send him to the Laval, you know?
0: Yeah, I think and I will think, send him to Laval though. Yeah, I think he's going to Laval after the ninth game. And there was some confusion yeah. uh, two episodes ago between uh, the people that we had on It was uh, Mark Dumont and Hutt and Hedy. Uh, talking about Slavkovsky and going to the American Hockey League and uh, the slide rule, essentially, which uh, for mm. some reason, people in the... I, I think it was Mark was confused and some people in the chat were confused about what that means. Basically, it's only available to Europe- European players who aren't uh, property of like a CHL team. So mm-hmm. if they send Slavkovsky to the American Hockey League, his three-year entry-level contract, if they send him before the 10th game, does not activate and he just that contract slides yeah. to the next year. So they get him three years for cheap plus yeah. this yeah. year in the age. It, it's the same.
2: It's the same rule when you send down juniors, right? It's why Shane Wright's yeah. probably going to go down before the 10th game too. It's just that yeah. because he's from Europe, they can send him to the AHL as opposed yeah. to Europe or, or things like that. Right. So yeah. it, it's, it's a benefit for sure, because you know, if you compare the experience that Shane Wright's going to have in, in Kingston, uh, as opposed to what Slavkovsky is going to have in Laval, and you have the same benefit at the end of it. Yeah, um, I'm not. I don't want to compare the two players. I, I'm not beating down that bush. I'm just saying that it's a benefit to have him in Laval, and you know, even have the option to call him up um, as well. Because as long as you, because there's there's two things you have to keep in mind with Slavkovsky. is that it's there's the 10 games for the entry level contract to slide, but there's also 40 games on the roster. And if he doesn't get that, he gets an extra year before unrestricted free agency. Um, Like, like what is happening with Kirby doc is why he has an extra year um, before unrestricted free agency. So there's kind of two markers um, to look at with Stokowski. So um, I I don't think the Canadians care too much about the entry level deal, but I think they will care about that extra year (laughs) before unrestricted free agency, especially when it comes to, you know, I don't think they're going to bridge him either. Right. So, um, buying less years there is, is, is a benefit too. But yeah, I mean, I, I understand wanting to see Slavkovsky in offensive positions, but I think that they're literally just trying to teach him what he needs to work on um, yeah, right now. So right. It, it doesn't bother me. Like, it's not like, it's not like, uh, you know, Victor Mete situation or, or Alex, or yeah. he is very good. I mean, it, like, it does, he, they're not trying to win anyway. So it, it, we we know that they're going to send him to Laval. They're not going to keep yep. them playing nine minutes a game for 82 games, which was a, uh, a problem with Kai especially, is that they just refused to send them down at the first sign of struggle. Um, so I, I think the expectations are a little bit different there. And uh, obviously, this this administration, this management team is a lot more focused on player development. Uh, and, you know, and
1: you know yeah, yeah, that's very fair, Jared. And I didn't mind him actually, like, him being put on the fort line because if you play a lot of 5v5 and you actually roll the lines, well, he can get, like, a pretty decent amount of ice time. But when the special teams get going, that's where it, it gets tough for him, like, to get some ice time. But th- the the thing I'm worried about is when he plays about, like, 10 minutes per game. Uh, yeah. to, to see some kind of uh, growth curve uh, for a player, I'd like to see, like, at least, like, 12 to 15, I'm not look I'm not asking for like, uh, an exaggerated amount of ice time, but just some reasonable minutes there, but 10 minutes for a, for a developing player seems a bit low for me personally.
0: Yeah, I agree. I would have liked to see him get a little bit more ice in this game specifically because he, I thought was really bringing it and seemed to be making some good plays, especially in the offensive zone. He had some yeah. good uh, defensive plays. Exactly. as well. Yeah. He made a play in the first period where he kind of, he took the puck along the boards, and he purposely skated into traffic along the boards uh like pulling in a penguin 4-checker. Yeah. but before the penguin 4-checker realized he'd put the puck back between his legs to I think Kovacevic who then immediately like cleared the zone yeah. very easily and it's like smart little plays like that that you know who he reminds me of right now it's not a great comparison in terms of like offensive uh impact right this second because when he broke in when, when he first got his first cup of coffee uh max Pacioretty put up a lot of shots but couldn't score but you remember so, the, those first two times that he was called up he scored like three goals and then three goals in like a huge batch of games he couldn't really like connect the offense And didn't you to, say
1: i might as well go to Hamilton right now
0: yeah yeah and he was frustrated stuff like right? that but you <laughs> like, could like, tell he said that <laughs> <laughs> oh man Jeez. i feel like it, it wouldn't play very well this early yeah. But like patch i feel like you could tell just like slaff like there, there are some things that aren't quite connecting but there's a player there and he re- yeah. reminds me a lot of patch in that way
2: yep. yeah I, I think you know you have the my impression of stokowski since you know basically even rookie camp is just a guy who's getting used to his body still right yeah. like he's so big and he's my my first, my first, I not fear, but my first worry was when I saw his weight at yeah, at, sure. at, at training camp. I was yeah. like, oh, like is he gonna be able to move on the ice? And as, as soon as I saw him skate, I'm like, oh, he's good. It's okay. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think that he's just getting used to it. Right, like he's a guy. He didn't go through like a, a huge growth spurt necessarily, but I think he's just a guy who's trying to figure out how to use his body. And You know, you mentioned Bachelorette, there's another guy in the Canadians, and I think we're going to talk about him a little bit later, who also took some time to get used to his body, and that's Kirby Doc, right? And and I think that he's really starting to get to understand, um, not have the puck like so far out in front of him uh, all the time, and use his reach all the time. Um, And I think that there's something to be said for for guys who are, um, you know, kind of, not used to, to really skating and, and and plus the speed level too, right? Like those are things you can get probably get by in, in the Olympics and things like that, because you have that extra second to maybe pull it towards you or, or things like that in the NHL, you don't have that opportunity. And I, I think every, every minute he plays is good for him. Um, and like I said, if they were, set on keeping him around for 82 games playing 10 minutes a game it's a disaster um but i yeah. think it's pretty clear that they're expecting him to go to laval and play big minutes and uh it'll be really I, i'm i'm already looking forward to seeing matthias norlander and your eye play together because matthias norlanders looked great in the first two games in laval so uh, it'll be a lot of fun
0: which is good and, news know, he's i don't mind that that and muscles
1: yeah I don't I, I don't mind the added muscles for slavkowski because muscles are never gonna hurt your skating stride but the thing is it to me it hurt his uh his stability on the ice and he often lost his footing on the ice for for a big guy that that, sur- that surprised me a lot because we saw a lot of that in katkoyemi but well he, he wasn't really matured uh physically but it's a different story for Slavkowski, but I feel like he added so much weight like so quickly that like his upper body and lower body seemed kind of unbalanced for a little bit. And yeah, oftentimes you would see him down on the ice, but you know he's gonna you know during the season like players lose weight pretty quickly. So I guess he just has to to get started. The, he just has to to, to gain some some uh, some head of steam, and he will be it'll uh, be fine from there. But yeah, the the weight thing worried me a bit uh, at the start of the training camp. But you know, uh, I'm not worried about Slavkovsky because the best is to be seen from now. Like oh, he's yeah. just getting started. And one aspect that Andrew kind of touched on is an underrated aspect of his game, and it's his vision on the ice. He's low key. He's low key deceptive on the ice, and I feel like we talked a lot about his shot, his physicality, but that's one aspect of his game that is not talked about
0: enough. Yeah, he's, he's going playmaker. to be a very a good playmaker. playmaker. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: Which I think everyone expected because of the Olympics him to be like a big shooter. But I think the playmaking yeah. might be the bigger standout uh, as he becomes an NHL player. All right, we're going to move on to especially the top line. But we're going to talk about some positives from the forwards in this game. Uh, but before we do that, I got to tell everybody, if you're liking the stream right now, if you're liking the show, hit like on the YouTube video because that helps us grow and uh, share it on social media. Tell your friends about it because, you know, we're a small growing show on a small growing network and we need every bit of help from our SDPN family. So uh, shout us out. This is uh, Andrew Brookshaw, of course, on Game Over Montreal with Jared Book and Nicolas Cloutier. And uh, yeah, so one thing that stuck out uh, going into this game, and obviously Doc is not on that line, but that line was on when they scored. Uh, Sean Monaghan is the only player who has scored this season without Caulfield and Suzuki on the ice for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. Now, as much as that could be spun as a negative, because obviously nobody else is scoring, I got to <laughs> say, with all the pressure in the world on them, and you know opposing teams are going to put every like high-end matchup against Caulfield and Suzuki, those two are still getting it done. And I can't help but look at that and be incredibly impressed at the beginning of the season.
1: Well, let's put it this way. On the other side of the ice, There was Malkin, there was Crosby, there was (laughs) Lotton. And if you ask me who the best player was on the ice tonight, it was Cole Caulfield. Now, I'm not even talking about the gold, you know. It was a tap-in. It was an unbelievable pass from Dwayne. But just, like, from the the first period, you could see Caulfield at a jump in his game. He was dynamic. He was on every puck. And not even only offensively, even without the puck, he had some good puck battles there.
2: Yeah, I, I think, look, like... There was, you know, going into the season, there was always the expectation this team wasn't going to be very good, right? And a lot of people were like, oh, is this going to team be too good to not be in the bottom five, say, of the league and, and not have a chance at a high pick? To me, it doesn't make a difference. And I go back to the bubble playoffs in 2020, right? Who led that team? in the bubble playoffs, right? Who really emerged in that? It was Nick Suzuki, Yasperi Kakaniemi. And if those guys were the guys to ruin that draft pick and make them pick, you know, 16th, which ironically, they picked Kane Gouley, which, you know, worked out pretty well. uh, Instead of getting a top, top 10 pick. If that's the the guys that are going to drive you, it's a good result. And if this team wins a few more games because Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield are really good, that's a good thing because this team is going nowhere if they're not top line players in this NHL this this rebuild is over before it starts if Cole yeah. Caulfield Nick Suzuki are not top line players in the NHL with
0: that I said they, though, they ruined the draft pick all right though yeah <laughs> if they That's, ruin yeah. this one though like if they actually win too many games and like just get a hair out and miss on Connor Bedard I feel like there might be some pretty upset people <laughs>
2: but yeah. it's a lottery anyway yeah. right like even yeah. last year even if you finished last you have more chance of finishing third than you do first. Right. Like it, it's just, it's just the way it works. Like I, I don't like, obviously if they finish like two points out of the playoffs and finish 15th in the lottery, that's bad. Yes. Um, but if they, if they finish like sticks instead of fifth or, you know, even last year, you know, if a cup, if they get goaltending at any point last year, even when Dominic Dostrom was the coach, they don't finish last. Right. Like yeah. as bad as last year was, it was everything going wrong for them, right?
1: Like, well, I, I think it, you would have put Brodar and Juan in the same net last year. It wouldn't have, <laughs> uh, would have made a difference. Like, it, you see, the, the goaltending issue is kind of the reflection of the defense, and you're seeing it right now. Like, Motambo wasn't that sharp last year, looked pretty sharp to me tonight. Yeah,
2: yeah but At the at same goal, time, like, yeah. If at the same time, how many times were they two nothing down five minutes into games last year? Like, I yeah. feel like it happened a lot all the time, right? Like, yeah, they, like I, I I don't think that Montembeau was as bad as he was last year. I think the defense was really bad last year. Yes, absolutely. But over 82 games, the goaltending should have been a little bit better than it was sure. overall, right? Like, yeah. And that's all I mean is, like, if they win three more games, they're ahead of Arizona. They might even be ahead of Seattle. Like, it, it's just things like that where they were so bad and just barely finished last. Where yep. this year they're going to be better, right? Like I think all yeah. expectations that over eighty three games will be better this year. Um, and I don't know if Arizona and Chicago. Will I don't. Better. I
1: don't think they have a shot at finishing last, honestly, no. because That's they're a... they're going to you be just in want the, to games. Get the lottery. Yeah, oh, for sure. Y- for sure. It, they're going to be in like the the twenty six to like thirty two range, because yeah. like they're going to lose a lot of games, but a lot of the games are going to be tight, and they're going to be a coin flip. So yeah. I don't know. It's going to be tough to predict. Yeah, I mean, yeah, look, look at
2: the preseason, right? How many five, four games did they lose in preseason? That's a perfect result. Yep. <laughs> Lots of goals and yep. they lose. So, so I mean, that's that. If that's how the season goes most of the time, that I think a lot of fans will be okay with that. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's
0: true. And I think the number one thing that I fans should be clamoring for right now is to get Cole Caulfield signed to an eight-year deal, because that price <laughs> is not going down. It's not going oh, yeah. down from where it yeah. is right now. Like I think right now, if they sign him to like an eight by eight, they can probably get it done. But <laughs> by the end of the season, when he's at forty something goals, I don't think it's eight by eight anymore.
1: It's well, gonna be really. Interesting. Have got it
0: done yesterday, if you ask yep. me. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, it's really interesting because this is gonna be um, Kent Hughes's first real big negotiation as a GM, and he's sat on the other side of that table a lot with a lot of really good players. Um, so it's gonna be very interesting to see. And and I don't I don't think he's gonna necessarily um you know try and shortchange Caulfield. Like I, I don't think he's, he's gonna, not gonna try and get like...
0: a discount
1: either way. Like no. even if it's like this negotiator, <laughs> this this whiz of negotiation, it's <laughs> not gonna happen though. No. But yeah, I see where you're going.
2: But but it'll be interesting because I think I think the same thing. I think Mark Bergerman, um, for all the, the negative he had in the last you know few months of his tenure, signing yeah. Suzuki when he did it. Yep.
0: Saved him a lot of money. Right? Some of the I mean, draft picks
1: sure. we're seeing right now.
0: Yeah. They're yeah, from he,
1: Bergeron's hero of drafting.
0: It is ironic that uh, Bergeron got fired at the end there, and that's probably when he made most of his best decisions. <laughs> well, no, no, no. no that, that that off season was really No, bad. no, no. The off season was terrible. But oh, okay, like the okay. last couple but, yeah. of drafts, that group yes. did all right. Yeah. Grabbed Caulfield, Caden Gooley, you know, and, yeah. you know, signing Suzuki. I, yeah. I thought it was a no-brainer, like most of us would, but he still got it done for probably below-market value. Like, if he was a UFA right now, he'd get a lot more than that. But, yeah, they, they got to find a way to get Caulfield signed, And I, it's one of those situations where the one problem with Bergevin negotiating, because most of his contracts that he did sign were pretty good value, especially for his top-end players, yeah. but none of them ended up very peaceful. Like there was always hard feelings, right? So I feel yeah. like you don't want to yeah. get that with this new contract with Cole Caulfield. I feel like we can trust that Ken Houston, Jack Gordon aren't <laughs> going to be pissing <laughs> off uh, Cole Caulfield's camp. I think yeah, no. the money truck's going to come back and up. Yeah. And, well, and I, think,
1: I don't, I don't I, even know if Jordan Iris is playing for this team. If Bergerman <laughs> was still there. Yeah. So
2: that's, that's a good point as well. Yeah. I mean, look, Mark Bergerman did uh, look a lot of this prospect pool that people are so excited about was because of Mark Bergevin and Trevor Timmons, right. That there's no two ways about that. Like, and it became clear near the end of his tenure that he wasn't going to see the fruits of his labor. It, like yeah. uh, the Stanley cup run kind of put a little bit doubt on that, but uh, you know, prior to that, it was pretty clear that he wasn't going to stay for you know 15 years as GM of the Canadians one way or another. And and, and I think that, yeah, I mean, you know, a, a lot the last few months of Bergevin's tenure really, I think, Paints a picture of a GM who kind of lost his way, but he did do a lot of good things leading up to that. And and, and I mean the the Canadians are where they are now because of it, right? Like Cole Caulfield, Keaton Gooley, Nick Suzuki, <laughs> like there's there's a lot of good things there that that he did near the end. Yeah. And um, you know I think that you know you can paint you can paint lines on clear times when Mark Bergevin changed course, changed course, and there were bad ones and good ones, and and you know there there was some good and anyone who says he was always bad or always great yeah. is wrong. <laughs> <You> no, <know>, it, <laughs> it's it really wrong than wrong.
1: that. But it, it's always like that with Chief Scout. Like you're yeah. never rewarded for like your last three or four drafts. You pay for the <laughs> mistakes you've done like yeah. five years ago, yeah. and five years later, like maybe you realize you're good. So <laughs> it's that kind of business, and you have to live with it. Those are the terms. Yeah. yeah. No. I, exactly. I feel like
0: this this conversation about some of the fruits of Bergeven's last few drafts coming to coming to this team, right? It, it kind of rolls into the next topic that we wanted to talk about, which is the defense. Because yeah. one thing that stood out to me in this game uh, specifically from Kovacevic was oh. ha- him sticking to plays. Where he would make a play where sometimes he'd make a mistake, but he would just he would stick to it so hard that he would recover the puck and make the right play after. And that comes with like extreme confidence, right? Not not just in yourself, but in the fact that you're definitely not going to get benched for making a mistake. And that's something that yeah. was a huge issue for Bergevin's entire <laughs> tenure. And we can talk oh, yeah. about whether it's a, a coach's thing. The been
1: backing up all the time.
0: Yeah, always afraid of making a big play, right? Except for the yeah. one guy that they really didn't like and had to trade. Uh, but <laughs> for the most part, guys weren't confident to do that. Now they are. I think that's a huge change in development for defensemen because, frankly, as much as, uh, yeah, Bergevin drafted Caden Gooley and he drafted Jordan Harris too, but yeah. they weren't developed under his regime really, right? right. And they didn't that's develop the a single top four defenseman <laughs> in 10 years. Yep.
2: Yeah, that's, th- that's 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 the issue is that, look, there's there's drafting and then there's development. I think Trevor Timmins gets lumped into both. For better, for worse. And, and I'm not here to rehash all that, but I think development is so key. And the way that you can figure out that the Canadians are so far behind in development is just how refreshing how everyone is talking right now. Like, like I I, I even even down to Laval. Like I I straight up asked Latias Norlander what's the biggest difference between last year and this year? Um and, and himself. And he's like, I know where I'm gonna be. Like, like just not knowing where you're going to be for a whole year, like, that's I management's mean. job. Like, what are you doing? Right? Like, yeah. what are you doing when you're not communicating to players? Like, uh, I, well, I'm yeah. like, Yasperi Kakanyemi kept on saying, Nobody told me why I was benched. W- what's what are you doing? Like, it's and I, and I think that development is what held this team back for so long, whether it was Bergevin, whether it was Michel Terrier. Um, it was probably a little bit of both, to be completely honest. Um, I just think that it's so refreshing and I think that that's part of the reason why Martin St. Louis is the perfect coach right now. When this team is ready to contend, will he have the tactics down? Will he have the strategy down to run a bench and win games? We don't know, but he has three years to develop talent and then three years to develop that. Like I, I don't for right now. This is a development organization. So Martin St-Louis is the perfect coach for this right now. And I think that it just goes down, whether it's whoever you hear talk, whether it's Adam Nicholas or Jeff Gordon or Kent Hughes or Martin St-Louis or GF hull or Maggie Philip Poulet or Scott Pellin or anybody, they're all talking the same language. And it's so refreshing because this team is going to be is going to ride or die based on their development. There's no and if, ands, or buts. If you don't develop the talent, and I'm not talking about the Suzuki's and the Caulfields, even though that makes a huge difference, just look at Cole Caulfield last year. But Depth if you can get too. those right. If you get that like second tier of like the you know, Jordan Harris was always a, a solid prospect, but the way he's playing now is just completely different. Right. If you can get the Jordan Harrises and a Jonathan Kovacevic is to to kind of take a step up and be NHL defenseman. You're laughing because you still have yeah. Justin Barron in Laval. You have Matthias Norlander in Laval. Like, it's just, and a an like, if you can get NHL players out of prospects that it might make it, because that never happened <laughs> under Mark Bergman. Never. It was either you were a can't miss prospect or you failed.
1: And, and yeah. tell you what, like, talking from people around the league, I could tell you that there was no plan for the, the development with the Montreal <laughs> Canadians. Like their basic approach to development was having Rob Ramage uh, take the prospects for coffee or for dinner. <laughs> that was their approach to development. That was it. Like there was no like uh, there was no framework involved or whatever. There was no planning one step ahead. Uh, and obviously obviously that's changed, and now there are resources, but there was really not much of an old-school mentality there because Bergevin kept saying, like, young players, they have to make decisions for us, but the way we're saying it is we're not going to do anything for you. Like, you do everything, and we're going to take a a decision based on that, but we're not going to, like, provide any resources to you for you to upgrade your game. And, yeah. and
2: you saw that, right? Look at Alex Galchenyuk, Jesperi Kotkaniemi. They both had real success in the NHL. Like, Kakanyemi's first season was good,
0: right? Yeah, he was Galchenyuk's one first season, Galchenyuk when he, like that goals. 2013 season, he had the highest points per 60 of any teenager yeah, yeah. in the NHL since Sidney Crosby. Yeah. yeah. And like to, to not he, he make bank on goals. that because he's not good defensively, figure but it the out. Issue,
2: the issue was, is Mark Bergeman said two things, and Nick, you mentioned a couple of them. He also always said, we give every prospect the same tools, and the NHL is not a development league.
1: That's a problem. You know?
2: <laughs> <Right>. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. the, like it, it, you can tell that they thought the NHL was a development league because K- Kinevian Galcheny got worse in the NHL, yep. <laughs> which doesn't – that doesn't happen with 18-, 19-year-olds in the NHL. It just doesn't happen. Um, and, and I think that that's a complete change of uh, – Look, Cole Caulfield last year is a perfect example of that. He was no, – like, he had no com- – like, there's things that you can do as a coach and an organization to give him confidence, and it's not just send him to LaVal and hope he scores, right? Like, exactly. that's not the solution. No.
0: Nope. And like it. It, it, it is a coincidence, but it's also not a coincidence that he started scoring right after the coaching change, you know? Like, the, yeah. <laughs> it happening right then is too funny, but – and, and yeah.
2: I, I think Cole Caulfield's last game under Ducharme before Ducharme <laughs> got fired was his best game of the season to that point as well. It was like, yeah. I I know you I know that the, narr- like, yeah, the narrative like is that yeah, Ducharme got fired. But but that first game, he didn't score in that game, but that was his best game in a long time. And he was he went back to Wisconsin, he had some time to kind of reset, and I think that played a part in it as well. But I think having the, the freedom that he ended up getting under San Jose, and you know what—that
1: well. wasn't—that was not entirely on Duchamp either. It was like no. a, a, the whole yeah. philo- philosophy from the top, like you had to That's burn season. it all down.
0: Yeah. Yep, hundred percent. And you know that old school philosophy of like they have to fight fight their way to the top. There are a lot of people yeah. around the NHL who figure it out who think that way, right? But yeah. when you're an organization like the Montreal Canadiens who has, you know, like at least from what they say, historically trouble attracting unrestricted free agents, uh, you know, has to pay more for some guys because there's higher taxes in Quebec, which frankly is not actually true if you have a good accountant. But anyway, if if you have those restrictions on you already, or like some players don't want to play here because they don't want to speak French, which is crazy because it's Montreal. You don't even have to speak French. You know, it's so easy to live here. It's a great city. But if you have those restrictions in your mind, then you have to make bank on every possible prospect that you bring into the organization you have to give them every yep. possible resource to squeeze blood from a stone and refusal yeah, to do no that and invest in that is resources. crazy
1: like there's no salary cap on those resources you provide like you're not <laughs> limited Bingo. and the Montreal Canadians are are supposed to be the Yankees of the NHL <laughs> So so they yeah. have to throw money, like whatever yeah. money you have in bank, you throw it in the development yeah. in all facets of the game. You have to be out of the curve everywhere compared to every other NHL team. Yeah. That is the standard that is set in Montreal. Yeah,
2: yeah and look, like you, you could look at even their drafting because it plays hand in hand. Like they did take some home run swings, right? Like Michael McCarron was, uh, like he wasn't, everyone's like, oh, he's was big, it, so though? it's a safe pick. No but it, it it was it wasn't a pretty safe off pick. the board pick. It was off the board but it wasn't safe. Is what I'm But saying. it was like, the people... wrong
0: kind of home run swing though. Well, they, well, were, also, they were also trying to get the, the wrong kind. The scenes, though,
1: it... What happened behind the scenes though is van literally went up to Timmons and he was like, "Yeah, just draft me the biggest center." Yeah. And Timmons was like, <laughs> but, but, but "Well, also... <laughs> like there are some pretty good players available on the board, Mark, yeah. I don't know if you want to do that." It was like, "No, no, no, yeah, fuck off. Like just draft the yeah. biggest center."
2: Yeah, but I mean like even doing that like because the you the centers were you can like very involved
1: it. physically against the abs during that yeah. series, and like they 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 reacted yeah. to that pretty much.
2: And, and you can you can also get away with that if you have a plan in place, like the, the Canadians took Yaroslavsky yeah. with a plan in place. Like yeah. they didn't yeah. just take him because they thought he was the best player, right? They took him because they're like we can make this guy better going forward, and he had a plan for it. Like you, if you try and hit home runs the draft. And you use the development system the Canadians have. It's like going up to bat against Randy Johnson with a pencil as, as yeah. your bat. Like it, it's 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 you're not going to get any anything away from it.
0: Well, and if you want to see a success yeah. story of like development, look at Soderblom in Detroit. Right, like when we had Hattie <laughs> Kalakesh on yeah. a couple yeah, times, to- a couple games ago. Like he was talking about how like a couple years ago, he was like there was no player there. There was like a- a f- around the edges you could see something. <laughs> But Detroit just focused in on him, and now he—he's like a cheat code. It, I don't know how yeah. good he's gonna be, but he looks like he has the potential to like break the league.
1: And, and you know what, McCarren actually showed promise during his first season in yes. the American Hockey League. I thought he had some skill for a big guy, and I actually like saw some potential as a, a an eventual Agreed. fourth line or yeah. third liner, like not a top six guy, but I saw something. And I didn't. I, I can tell you what, like, I didn't see anything like the following years.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, they, you know, Ryan Paling, Ryan Paling on the other side tonight was is another example of that, right? Like he had flashes, right? He had flashes of being a, a solid, you know, maybe even a middle six NHL player, like at times. But you couldn't tell that nobody helped them <laughs> to get better. Yeah. Like it just was not get. Like, look, you don't become the MVP at the World Juniors and then lose all your skill. It just no, doesn't no, happen, like, and and it wasn't like he wasn't translating. It wasn't like it was like it didn't work out. It just he just went from that to zero, right? And it took him like two, three years in Laval to even start scoring again. Like it was just such a such a weird development path. And I think that yeah, everything you can point to in terms of why the Canadians are where they are, it's because they just couldn't develop anybody other than Can't miss prospects.
0: Yeah, and I think we're seeing things there start to change already, which is crazy. Yeah. You know, part of that is luck, like having a guy like Caden Gooley who slots in four <laughs> games into his NHL career, I plays ca- t- almost 25 minutes hard matched against Sidney Crosby and a Malkin, And he was incredible He's yeah. He's carrying tonight. David Savard. He's oh, carrying David God. Savard. He was phenomenal tonight. Like, and... I'm
1: actually wondering, like when Madison comes back, does he still slot in as the number one defenseman on this blue line.
2: He might. No. <laughs> not, I mean, yeah, he's gonna be number
1: one. Look, I said it on I said
2: it on Twitter, and I, everything I've said seen from King Ghooley in the last six months has convinced me that he literally is going to be a star in this league. And I'm not saying yeah. star as in Kale McCarr or or things like that, but he's gonna be that defenseman that you can pencil yep. in for 25 well minutes your lineup for 15 years. Yeah. Like, if, like you don't have to worry about him. He, he's kind of like, I don't want to say he's Shea Weber, but like Shea Weber, you can put in lineup for 25 minutes a night and not worry about him. That's how you yep. feel about Keaton Gooley. Like he's going to be a, such a good defenseman. He can skate too. Like, I think there's, I'm, I think there's untapped offensive potential in Gooley as well. Like there's so much to be said about his defense, but I think his skating for his size is unbelievable. Like not, for his size, his skating is great, and the fact that he combines that with great size is 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 you know you mentioned them yeah. as a cheat code. It's a cheat code for Gouli too, right? Like guys yeah. that big shouldn't skate like that. It yeah, just. I have not- all
1: the prospects a lot for Tivio And One thing that was said about Ghoulie, uh in his draft year is how strong he was defensively, but maybe there was some limitation to his offensive game. And you know what? Like from his draft year, I never doubted his offensive skills because yeah. the the tools were there. He was he was so athletic as a D man. He had a good he had a good skating stride. He had a, and he had a good shot. And tonight we saw him involved offensively. He took what like seven shots on net. It's, yeah, it's, it's like, crazy.
0: I, there was actually a comment here in the stream chat from Jeffrey B. He says he can be our Jacob Slavin, and I think that's a fantastic comparable. Yeah. That's Just like true. A, an excellent yeah. shutdown defenseman. Who's mostly a defensive defenseman, but also has surprisingly good offensive numbers. And yeah. that's actually a fantastic five not on the
1: power play. Yeah.
2: Well, even the power play got better when he was out there.
0: Yeah, that's so... true. Poor Chris Weidman, you know, the one I mean, thing. It can't, he's get, can't get worse,
1: yeah. it, it can't yeah, get worse yeah. than it was, but still it got better. With it King probably Gilly. would be quarterbacked by Lane Autzen anyway. So that's the mood yeah. point.
2: <laughs> yeah. If all goes well, if all goes well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's, there's so much to look forward to with this prospect (laughs) group. And frankly, we're going to see it this season, uh, just on the defense, even when, uh, Slavkovsky is, I would say inevitably sent down. There's so many young players. They're going to be exciting. I I think at some point we're probably going to see Jesse alone make the NHL permanently this year. I think he's, you look at his underlying numbers, both in Laval and with the Canadians. I think he's, he's going to get there. He might already be here if they didn't have so many contracts that they can't he's, move.
2: He's, That's true. he's what That's everyone true. wants Mike Hoffman to be. Right? Yeah. Like Mike Hoffman is like that guy who can shoot and and be involved in the play. Yes, Lennon is that guy, right? Like he's he's a he's a good Mike Hoffman. Not like I don't want to rag on Mike Hoffman do it, but like what Mike Hoffman, what his strengths are. Is exactly what Jesse Ulan could bring to a team too, right? Like but you know what? I
1: didn't mind I did Mike Kaufman with Senators. I didn't mind Mike Kaufman with the Panthers, but the guy <laughs> aged like milk.
2: <laughs> yeah, that skill set that skill set doesn't age, I don't think. I think that that's no, a major that's true. I
0: mean that's the thing. When when your primary skill is like scoring from a distance, right? Like eventually teams can pretty <laughs> easily adjust to that. And yeah. you don't get into the slot, you're not a good passer, because he's he's a terrible passer. <laughs> Doesn't bring yes. much defensively. I will say in the neutral zone, he's pretty good at takeaways. Like when he's That's on true. his game, he can, he can force some takeaways, yeah. but yeah. He's like, he's, like that,
2: he's like that baseball pitcher who like threw like 98 for years. And now he's down to like 92 and his fastballs are straight and yeah. it's very hittable. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, just that, like that
0: little it, change is actually too much. Yeah. To survive, yeah. right? Like it, it's like it's
2: like when you see guys who are really good in the AHL, and then that speed difference in the NHL just completely zaps their opportunity. Like yeah. Charles Edol is a good example of that, right? Like in the AHL, he was Locke, he, yeah. yeah, Like yeah. Charles all like in the AHL, was a legitimate star in the AHL, and then as soon as he gets to yeah. the NHL, like that, that split second of difference just makes it, it's so weird because you don't notice the speed difference when you're watching games side by side, but like you just don't have that time that you you would have normally and i think yeah. it just makes a difference when, when players age as well it's just
1: who was that guy in detroit like kind of random but timo polkanen like oh yeah, yeah he, he was like a scoring NHL. Phenom. Like, he tore the <laughs> AHL, but whenever he would get called up in the nhl he <laughs> couldn't do it yeah, yeah
2: chris this, terry is another example of that like, lots of lot guys, guys like that, that yeah,
0: yeah. You know, tons yep. of guys like that all right guys i want to thank everybody for joining us here today uh, thank you to Nicola and Jared because it's always so much fun talking to you guys. Before we close it out, do you guys have anything coming up that you want to promote or anything uh, specifically you want to talk about? We'll start with uh, Nicola.
1: Uh, yeah, sure. Well, we're going to be uh, doing a lot of pros- uh, prospect profiles ahead of the draft. So uh, I'll, be, uh, I'll be writing about Gabriel Perrault, who is uh, the youngest of the the Perrault right now. You know, his, uh, his uh, brother Jacob got drafted by the Ducks. But Gabriel is playing for the U.S. in TDP right now. He's a really exciting prospect, and he might get drafted in the first round, too.
2: Fantastic. Jared? Thank you for not mentioning who his dad is, because uh, it makes us feel old. Uh, but, uh, um, <laughs> Who's who his dad? Are, Who's I'm, his I'm,
0: dad? Make us feel old,
1: Jared. You know, uh, I'll make you feel older. Gabe Perot was born during the lockout of 2004,
2: 2005. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, I feel old when I see kids playing the World Juniors that are like born after nine eleven.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, uh dot uh, com. We the the coverage doesn't stop with with games. Um, we'll we'll be all over prospects, uh, Laval, the Canadians. Um, lots of fun stuff coming up, and um, yeah, it's it's always a good
0: time. All right, we'll <laughs> catch you everybody on Thursday as the Canadians welcome the Arizona Coyotes on their Eastern Canada swing in a, the first edition this season of the greatest tank battles of 2022 2023. We'll see who comes out on top, and by on top, I mean who loses and gives the other team <laughs> two points in the Connor sweepstakes. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you then.